Hi, you're listening to Delusional Optimism with Dr. B, where we explore human resiliency and learn how people thrive even after adversity. We break down the complexities of the human brain so concepts are simple and relatable. It's fun and empowering to understand how your earliest experiences influence your relationships today. What makes you tick? Dr. B is a speaker, trainer, and consultant who understands emotions and human development from the inside out. Let's dive into today's episode. Here's Dr. B. All right, so let's let's talk about why this is so important. Communication is so, so important. And I really view the Gen X, Gen X as a group as sort of the translators between baby boomers and millennials. One, the workforce is in a standoff. The baby boomers really politically and in the workforce occupy the leadership spaces. But millennials are coming up with a, you know, a boatload of more members, one, because their generation is 10 million strong higher than boomers, but also some boomers are leaving the workforce. So there's this battle of doing it the right way. And boomers and millennials don't do it the same way at all. And so it's very interesting to watch Of course, Ellen is always fun and funny, but she's also a baby boomer. And so she did this little funny competition on her show between a boomer and a millennial. So let's watch at how confusing communication is when you don't speak the same language. How many of you are on spring break? All right, welcome millennials. And uh, how many of you? thought that applause was too loud and your ears are hurting. (laughs) Welcome baby boomers. All right, I just read an article uh, about millennials. It said that schools are removing old analog clocks from classrooms because millennials can't read them. (laughs) What, the clock? (laughs) Isn't that insane? Since everything is digital now, that's all they know. So if the loud applause didn't make you feel old, enjoy that little nugget right there. I always say age is just a number, but I thought we should put our numbers to the test in the game Baby Boomers versus Millennials. Julia Bianchi and Dean Johnson. Gene, it's Gene, and how do you spell your, you pronounce your last name? Jansen. Jansen, that's right, all right. I didn't know if you could hear me because the baby boomer, I mean the millennial, millennial got here. Yeah, no, of course not. You didn't hear because the screaming of the millennial. Um, All right, you sit, stand right there, you stand right here, and uh, we're gonna put you to the test and see uh, if you know uh, what things are, okay? Okay. So, uh, all right, Julia, so first of all, I'm gonna start with you. Okay. And I'm gonna ask you to tell me what this is. An analog clock. Okay, what time is it? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna guess like three, three-ish? Oh my God. Jean, tell her what time it is. 4.20. Yeah, it's 4.20. Um, all right. Wow. So, you said it before. I know, we but I, know. I didn't know. believe it. All right, Jean, what's that? Oh, it's your, your, your phones. 
Yeah. Yeah, earbuds. Earbuds. Yeah, yeah. Wireless. Not bugs, but Wireless. buds. Yes. Yeah. You were close. Yeah. It was good. All right. Julia? Okay. I'm scared now. Oh, this is a VCR player. Oh, you do know that. Yes. It's a VCR player. Mm -hmm. Good. I grew up with this. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, what, uh, what does VCR stand for? Video. VCR. Video something recording? Mm hmm Sure. What would be the middle word that would be important? What would go in there? Video compact recording. Oh. Yep, this is a compact machine right there. That's when you're looking for compact, that's a what guide. does it stand for? Cassette. Yeah, video cassette, cassette recorder. Cassette. I know, I know. All right. You know what that is? Yeah, I sure do. Yeah? What is it? It's a vape pen. Oh, it is oh, a vape pen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Julian? Okay. Hold CDs. There's a word for that. There's a name for that. Mm. Like this itself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> CD cover. It's a floppy, floppy disk. No, -uh. have you? Is it really? <laughs> Why would I bring you out here and lie to you? <laughs> floppy disk. That's what it is. Floppy disk. Okay. All right. All right. What does it mean, Jean, when somebody is uh, clapping back? <laughs> now she's uh, laughing. laughing with you. Laughing with you when they're clapping back. Yes. Clapping back, that's like, so if you clap back, it's like, oh shoot, like, dang. Like, you clapped back at that guy. Like, like clap back. Like, kind of like, I don't know, I can't put it, it to words. Well, here's like, the words. You, okay. It's like, it's sarcasm. You're, you say, okay, you yeah. say something and then she says something insulting back. And I back. clapped okay. back at you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh dang. Like a comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I know it doesn't. It doesn't at all. These, these kids today. All right. Finish this lyric. Okay. The love boat oh, gosh. sails away. <laughs> that's, that's all I get. Just all love right. boat. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody? I can't even guess. Something for everyone. Okay. Good. All right. In millennial speak, what is a boomerang? Oh. I don't know. Well, a remark when it goes around, what goes around comes around. Yeah. It should be. It should be. It's not. It's like a, a video on a loop when mm -hmm. you see it over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's what oh. a boomerang so it's is. Like back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on your phone. Yeah. Okay. That's for, for playing both of you, okay, you're not going to use this at all, but it's a 55 inch TCL Roku TV. <laughs> you know what TV is? All right. So, with that, you can see how important communicating is with each other and how we overestimate the ability for different people to communicate with us just based on generational experiences. The clapping back, you know, that 
if you're having a convert, if a millennial is having a conversation with a boomer clapping back is just completely useless information in a conversation because they're both talking about something completely different or a boomerang, you know, we know that it's, some of us know that it's a video loop, but others of us have no idea. And if you think it means what comes around goes around, that communication could get really messy very quickly. And just thinking of the products, you know, a floppy disk or the earbuds. And it's why it's so important to understand what these big generational differences are and learn how to communicate with each other in healthy, but also most importantly, accurate ways. The brain is in service of survival. The brain needs to survive in the environment that it lives in. And so the baby boomers, the traditionalists, the millennials, the Gen Zs, we're all raised to adapt to and live in the environment that we're born into and experience, and that wires our brain. We can obviously learn lots of other things, but what we need to recognize is different people have different experiences. So we need to be clear about what we need and to give people care and compassion when they don't necessarily understand what we mean. We need to explain more. We need to explain better. We also, if we're going to be able to collaborate, and one of the things that we do all the time is collaborate with people across generations. But when you listen to the Ellen clip, you think, I think to myself, oh my gosh, no wonder sometimes things go so poorly because people are not communicating effectively. So collaboration, it means working together. To a baby boomer, that means work harder, right? Work hard and you're going to get far. But if you talk to a Gen X, although nobody really talks to Gen X because there's only 50 million of us, we say work smarter, you know, like working hard is fine. We also believe in working hard, but we also really embrace working smarter. I don't need to be in the office every day. I don't need to be working every single moment of the day. I want to work smarter and do some of the things that I like also. And hello, I have to be over protecting my children. So I need to work smarter. So I'm available to do that. And then we get to the millennials and it's really between the work harder and this concept work and play together that create the workforce battle that we're in right now that baby boomers don't understand about millennials at all. And millennials are like, we're never going to do it that way. Work and play together. There's a word for it. It's called leisure time, where they combine working with leisure time. And that is a millennial. And we're not going to change millennials because they have technology available to them today that allows for them to get a whole lot of work done while they're sitting at the beach, they're kicking back with their friends, they're in a coffee shop, they're in a restaurant, they're doing whatever it is they want to do, they're on vacation, and they're going to combine their work and leisure time. Where Gen X more likely will work smarter, they'll do a lot of work, and then they'll take a vacation and not necessarily do as much, like take time off. Millennials combine the whole thing into one. I hope this is really 
opening up some fun ideas for you about your generation and the people around you. So getting it done, how do we get it done? Well, if you look up in the upper corner, remember the battle is between the boomers and the millennials. Where and when and how do we get it done? So millennials, everybody gets an award. They love to work together. They're great collaborators. They don't wanna be in an office by themselves where with boomers and sometimes even Gen X, climbing the ladder to having the window executive office suite is a badge of honor. With millennials, they wanna work together on exercise balls and collaborate and share and maybe do it in the living room of their one of their houses or apartment. They also, this guy in the suit in the corner working on his sand computer, they're not going to work necessarily always in an office because remember leisure time work and play that's how millennials think and that's how they get through work and work is very different for this particular generation than other generations so last but not least we have gen z and they are very socially motivated so are millennials but do you see them working together also probably for a social cause. They're not going to step back and say, somebody else do this job. They want things to be better. They jump in and they're going to make it better themselves with their own physical labor and commitment to community. So getting it done means something different to different people. One reason is because of their generational differences. There's a lot of other reasons why people get it done differently, but that's one reason and it's a reason that we often don't take into account. And we certainly don't take it into account consciously above board, above water, where we're really talking about why we see these things differently. So millennials have had a terrible reputation as they've grown into their working selves because they've had exposure to social media. They are considered the spoiled generation or the entitled generation. In this article by Time Magazine, the me, me, me generation. But the truth is this generation in general, if we think about it, if we really think about child development, and growth and development, what we know is it's perfectly normal for young people coming up who have had exposure to a lot of probably a lot of excess in some ways, but not so much necessarily excess financially, but excess of access due to technology. And that created an opportunity for this generation and then they're also young because remember, the brain is not fully developed until 25. So we've got the people who are defining this generation, defining them at 17, 18, 19, 20. And yet they've been parented and are growing up and finding their full selves really at 24, 25, 26, 27. So let's listen to Zach talk about his reaction to being in an article in Time Magazine. 
If you were born between 1980 and 2000, then you are a millennial. According to Time Magazine writer Joel Stein, we're lazy, entitled narcissists who still live with our parents. Joel, I take offense to that. I don't mean to brag, but I am the most humble person I know. And I don't live with my parents either. I know, I'm just quite the exceptional representative of my generation. But the internet, specifically Tumblr, went into a frenzy when they saw the magazine and made such parody covers as this, this, and this. And to capitalize on that frenzy, I was ready to write a scathing critique defending my generation. Before I even read the article, I knew I was going to end my video by saying, if you actually wanted millennials to read your article, then you shouldn't have published it in a dying medium. Boom! Roasted. But after actually reading the article, I'm not going to do that, and I'm very embarrassed by my own snap judgment. To be clear, this article does not read like a grumpy old man complaining about kids these days. The first half of this article criticizes millennials, and Joel Stein does this by presenting data and quotes from respected academics. For instance, 58% more college students scored higher on a narcissism scale in 2009 than in 1982. Of course, there are sweeping generalizations present in the article that aren't going to apply to everyone, but he's trying to sum up 80 million people. The criticism that he does bring up, though, are qualities that I recognize in myself and in my peers. Joel goes on to assert that social media allows us to turn ourselves into brands with our friend and follow numbers serving as sales figures. He says, when everyone is telling you about their vacations, parties, and promotions, you start to embellish your own life to keep up. If you do this well enough on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, then you can become a micro-celebrity. Now, who does that sound like? That describes me, and to use an awful word, that describes the rest of my internet-famous friends. And if you're a millennial watcher, this and there's a good chance that describes you too. It's not all reasons why we suck like the internet originally thought. The second half of the article goes on to focus on our positives. Joel says that our perceived entitlement isn't a result of overprotection but an adaptation to a world of abundance. Like we don't have to be farmers or factory workers anymore. Technology has just given us so much choice. I'm a marketing manager at a new media site and I was able to get my job because of my YouTube presence. That wouldn't have even been possible 20 years ago or even five years ago. I was born at the perfect moment in history to take advantage of all these new opportunities. My generation can do so much with all this newfound choice we have. Joel says that all that choice might end in disappointment, but it's a lottery worth playing. And I agree. This article wasn't mean or overtly negative. In my opinion, Joel Stein provides a balanced look at millennial strengths, weaknesses, and potential. But what does that say about myself and Tumblr that our egos were so easily bruised when we saw a headline for an article that we didn't even read? That proves the lazy, entitled, and narcissistic point pretty well. Headlines are supposed to be attention-grabbing, and it worked. It got us all talking about it, and I'm pretty sure millennials are outside of Time's demographic. I've never even read Time before I bought this issue. But right under where it calls millennials lazy, entitled narcissists who still love their parents, it says why they'll save us all. That is the important part, and I completely overlook that. To read the last paragraph of Joel's article, so yes, we have all that data about narcissism and laziness and entitlement. But a generation's greatest isn't determined by data, it's determined by how they react to the challenges that befall them and just as important by how we react to them. Whether you think millennials are the new greatest generation of optimistic entrepreneurs or a group of 80 million people about to implode in a dwarf star of tears when their expectations are unmet depends largely on how you view change. Me, I choose to believe in the children. God knows they do. Us millennials are untested and unproven, so let's step up to the plate and kill it. And I just made a video responding to an accomplished Time Magazine writer while wearing a see-through shirt. You can totally see my nipples. You know, I would have changed, but I'm just too lazy. That's one of my favorite videos, just because it really does sum up the confidence of millennials, but remember, this is a generation that actually suffers from depression at a higher rate than 
other generations before them. And Joel Stein, who wrote that article, is actually a Gen Xer. So I think that what's so interesting is that his attempt is to do exactly what I've been saying Gen X's job is, which is to translate between generations. Like our job is translators between millennials and, and baby boomers, because there's such a great, great Grand Canyon divide between those two particular generations. They see the world so differently. Neither one is right or wrong. It's just that the world is definitively different than the experience each group has had. I love that article. I love his description. And I absolutely believe that the millennials are going to grow up and kill it and make a massive transformational change. Here's another reason why. Millennials, we are in the cycle of the 80-year transition. And the people who are in the transitional battle are boomers and millennials. Millennials have to come out of this ready to lead and redefine how we work as a society. And that brings us to compassion. And I do believe that the millennials will save us all in so, so many ways. And I'm excited to see it. But then again, I raised millennials, so I love them dearly and think that they have a lot to offer all of us. But compassion, one of the things about millennials and generations going forward are that their level of compassion is different. And a big part of that comes from not because they care more, but because they've been exposed to so much more. Everything for them happens everywhere now. It's not just what you have access to in your own house or your own block or your own neighborhood and community. You have access to everything in the world today. So 67% of the world's population have a mobile device. That's the first mobile device was invented in 1973 for distribution, was, was available for distribution in 1973. So that's a pretty huge number for people to be able to communicate while moving. And then January 1983 is when the internet was quote-unquote invented and 61 percent of people today so more than half of the world's population has access to the internet and so that means that our availability and capacity to experience difference is humongous it's amazing and if our brain is really wired for survival Having experiences of diversity and difference make us wired to get along differently and better with others. I do believe in the children. I do believe in the millennials and the homelanders and the generations coming up because of their, not only their big life experiences, their big main events of their, of their time, but also because of their diversity within their own population and generation groups. So compassion, they're already revealing their compassion. And I think we have a lot to look forward to. 
All right. So when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, I just wanted to add this sort of little explanation to kind of close up shop a little bit. So this is a really common sort of yard sign or sticker. In this house, we believe Black Lives Matter, women's rights are human rights, no human is illegal, science is real, love is love, and kindness is everything. The way I see this sometimes is, and I, is that generationally, if we take Gen Z first, the youngest generation, the Homelanders, they see this sign as like, hey, I don't really need to put a sign in my yard because, duh, that's obvious. Fish underwater. This is their world. This is the messaging that they already have. And millennials are kind of an either or. They are, oh, yeah, I definitely want to put that in my yard because I do believe that. Or I don't need to put that in my yard because... I just don't, like, I don't want to. I, it's a little bit of their defiant independence and they, it's not that they don't feel that way, but they don't feel the need to put it out there in their yard. Shift over to Gen X and Gen X is, if this is how I feel, then I do need to put it in my yard so everybody else sees that I feel this way because there's only 50 million of us. <laughs> so we do need to show and share what, who we are and what we believe in. And then baby boomers could very well put this in their yard or maybe won't put it in their yard because they believe most of these things, but not all of these things. And so it's a, well, I don't believe in all of these things. So that's sort of how this diversity, equity, and inclusion thing works in terms of generational differences, that when we look at embracing differences, remember, brains are built upon experience and survival. Our Gen Zs, they've been exposed to so much diversity and so much difference that equity and inclusion is almost in many ways a given for them as a generation. Similarly true for millennials. And even baby boomers really started the similar, the civil rights movements and, and opening up the door to diversity, but there was a divide at that point. Some believe one thing, some believe another, like there's so many different viewpoints around equality and inclusion at that point that it's taken almost 60 years to really funnel it down to, oh yeah, this is what we all believe. This is what I believe. All right. So with that, I think we've covered the basics about generational differences and understanding how communication cooperation and compassion all play into understanding the differences between this 80 year cycle of generational change and transformation and recognizing that during a pandemic, which we've been experiencing now for over a year and probably dipping into year two, that these differences are not the intensity of what's going on right now with the pandemic. COVID-19 and with 
political discourse and change and everything that's happening right now are not just the singular consequence of what's happening right now. It's the cumulative differences between generations cycling through and starting over. Remember, we're shifting over into the millennials are really moving into a much more powerful position of leadership and the next generations are going to then follow them. If you're interested in more information, if you want to learn more about trauma-informed care and resilience, you can email me. You can check out Delusional Optimism. There's a podcast link to this class. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And again, if you want to email me, it's contact at drbconnections.com. Until next time, leave a like print. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. If you're interested in booking a training, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my website, Dr. B Connections. There's a big button that says, book a training with Dr. B. It's that easy. If this show has been beneficial for you, please share it with your friends and family. Spreading the word about the show helps us grow our audience and helps continue to change the world together. Again, thanks so much for listening to Delusional Optimism. Now, go leave a life print. All content on Delusional Optimism is for informational and educational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship. A patient-client relationship is only formed through a written contractual agreement. If you need medical or mental health care advice, you should consult your doctor or therapist or go to your nearest hospital.